Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 22 with my friend, Kelsey. I was super excited to get Kelsey in here to talk to me because she is very vocal online about mental health and uh, some of their own issues that she is dealing with. And you'll hear about that in this episode. I also want to say thank you so much. Uh, There's so many more reviews and ratings in uh, Apple Podcasts and Facebook reviews and follows and likes you guys it means the world to me i appreciate it and all the people that are reaching out and telling me how much um this podcast has has affected them personally is astounding and i love it and i love you guys thank you so much i'll talk to you after the episode but until then here is my interview with my friend kelsey Uh, but thank you, Kelsey, for coming yeah. <laughs> and, and sitting down. Uh, I, I kind of start with how I know people. Okay. And I know you from Best Buy. Yeah. Which I was just thinking about this today. And I feel like if Best Buy had graduating classes, <laughs> you'd be like a couple years behind me. Yeah, I would be. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's fair. Cause how many years were you at Best Buy? Seven. Okay, I did five. Yeah. Do you, do you like that terminology? And then, I did five. Yeah. <laughs> like you did time. In the blue box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was there. I was in the shit. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I know you from Best Buy. Yes. Um, and that's, I mean, that's it. I know some things about you. I know you have a big family. I do. Um, a crazy family, but a good one. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yes. Uh, and I, I mean, that's it. We didn't, we didn't really hang out. It might've been like a bowling event together or something, but. Definitely some good bowling parties, but that's about it. Yeah. Like most people at Best Buy, you've probably seen me drunk at some point, but <laughs> that's. It Either happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's let's start with the stuff I definitely don't know. You do have how many siblings do you have? Five. Wowza! And I'm the oldest. <laughs> okay, so you're the firstborn. Yes, and they're all half siblings, but I don't like think of them as half yeah. siblings. They're my siblings. Um, but yeah, we're ranging from 25 to almost eight. Are they? When you say they're all half siblings. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, Let me I'm draw tra- my family tree. I know. Tree. I was like, wait a second. Um, do, how many of them share the same parents? So it's easier just to explain it like this. So my mom, I have three sisters. Okay. And then I have two brothers. That equals five. Yes. Okay. Making sure I didn't forget anybody. So six total. Six total. And you're yeah. the oldest. I'm okay. the oldest. Um, so the, all of the girls, we have the same mom. Okay. And the boys, we have the same dad. So you guys are like literally the fucking Brady Bunch. Yeah. I don't have any step siblings. So, I mean, yeah. Kinda. Yeah. It's Brady Bunch. That's yeah. crazy. Did you ever start a music group when you were younger? <laughs> the age disparity didn't allow for okay. it. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> Different um, taste. So when you, how far apart are you in the next? So the closest in age with me is my brother, Nick. How far apart are you guys? He's 20. He'll be 21 in March. How old are you? I'm 25. <laughs> okay. See, there are four. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure that out. Well, I've learned yeah. to not assume people's ages uh, or people assume mine. I was in an improv class this year. And a girl went like, I don't know, 40. I was like, well, fuck you. <laughs> How about that? I hate you. Um, <laughs> Thanks, though. <laughs> dick. Anyway, so what do mom and dad do when you're born? So my mom was 17 and my dad was 22. <laughs> so It's not um, as uncommon as you think. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, they were young. So, um, my mom, she, like, what did she do employment-wise? She, was she just in high school at that point? Well, she had just graduated. Okay. She, I, she was 18 when I was born. She was 17 when... Yeah. Yeah, you know. So, um, I, my mom worked for, my mom's always worked uh, in a dental-related field. Okay. Um, she's done, like, dental assisting, worked her way up through that, and then now I she's just... working... No, no. Uh, she's a, a CDA, certified dental okay. assistant. Um, but she, like, that woman, like, has no, like, there's no ceiling for her. She okay. just keeps keeps going. So she's worked her way up. She's no longer in dentistry, but she works for a company that's in the dental field. Okay. I guess, if that makes sense. Um, did they ever get married? No. Okay. No. So my parents... 
Um, they split up when I was like one and a half. I don't really remember them being together. Okay. So it's... did you see your dad much after that? Uh, yeah. I mean, my dad's always been a part of my life. Okay. There's been like friction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's been interesting. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's yeah. It's got it's been interesting. So you have a brother that's born next. Yes. Nick. Um, and you're four at that point. I was five. Five. Yes. Um, what do you have memories of your mom like having another child? Was she? Did she marry someone else at that point? So my brother. This is an interest. My my background is very interesting. That's, I'm um, intrigued. <laughs> so my brother Nick, I did not meet until he was nine months old. Oh, how did that happen? Um. Oh well, he's he's my dad's. Yeah. Okay. So um. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> so my I didn't meet him until he, he was nine months old, and it was literally like, "Hi, how would you feel about having a brother?" Well, he's on his way over right now. So there, I had a brother then. <laughs> and then your sister is next. My sister Emma. Yep, she was born when I was six. Okay. She's well, six and a half. Um, she's eighteen. And she's got a different father than your brother yes. yeah okay yeah she There's a so, lot going on there <laughs> i know it's, it's very complicated um my so my mom when my dad and my mom split up a couple years later my mom ended up marrying a guy named sean and sean is my sister emma's father gotcha and then that didn't work out and then she married my stepdad randy and he's phenomenal he's been around for like 15 years most of your life yeah, uh, yeah he's i was I think I was 10 or 11 when he came into the picture. So he's just, he's my other dad. (laughs) What was your role in your house, like growing up? Um, so it depends on which household I was in. Um, I like my parents were young when I was born. So, um, there was a lot of growing up that had to be done. And my mom was always the, the grown up, the strong one that was, you know, like, she she was the grown up. Yeah. My dad ha- took a couple years for him to to grow up, but I mean, don't get me wrong. My dad is a phenomenal person, yeah. and I absolutely I'm not no no <laughs> no. He just uh, so on my dad's side, um, I felt like I had to be the adult a lot. So okay. I, I was you know the big sister, but I'm more of like a I don't know like I'm a sister to my to my siblings, but yeah. I've always been like. The third parent. Yeah, the third parent. (laughs) Exactly. I imagine as the oldest, you have to kind of assume that role. Yeah, it kind of comes with territory. Need to help with the baby or (laughs) whatever that looks like. (laughs) Yeah. How often do you see your biological dad? Um, I see him. I mean, I see him every couple weeks. Well, when you were oh growing up. Yeah, when you were like Uh, an infant. It was every other weekend. Okay, it's like standard. Yeah, like every other weekend. And like when I was young, it would be like Wednesdays or something too. And then once I got older, I just kind of opted out of that. But did he remarry? He did. So my brother's mom, well, my both of my brothers, their mom is Nicole, which is my dad's ex-wife. Okay. Um, And Nicole was around for a couple couple of years. And then uh, he's now married to Danielle. Um, and she's like my other mother. <laughs> I you got a laundry that. list of parents. I claim them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what is that? I mean, have you, have you identified or not identified, but kind of like dug in to the, I imagine there's, there's a lot of instability for a number of years with, yeah. with marriages and divorces and, and half siblings and. Yeah, yeah. All this coming and going in, in what sounds like like five to ten year period. Very, very short period and of During time. like some of your most important developmental years. Yes. So what, I mean, what is that like for you? How has that carried on into your adulthood? Um, like some of those. It, it developed me into the person that I am today, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. Um, <laughs> as things do. As things do. <laughs> it, it, you're you're really shaped by, by those things. And I think like being so young and being I don't want to take away from what my parents have done for me my parents have done so much for me they are phenomenal people and I look up to them in every way shape or form but I've also learned from them 
Um, so there's, you know, I don't, it doesn't like upset me like it used to, but I used to be a very angry person because of the stuff that, you know, I, I saw and the stuff that I, you know, they, there was so much change. I mean, a lot of resentment when I was younger. Yeah. But like that stuff you have to, you have to eventually let go of because if you hold on to that, it just. It festers. It festers, <laughs> but it, it, it just, it takes away from, people aren't the same people. I'm not the same person yeah. that I was five years ago, let alone yeah. who my parents were 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, it, it just, it, it people change. So if I were to hold on to that, it's just not, you know, but it's it's definitely shaped me into who I am. Yeah. So well, I imagine it's given you some perspective, too. Um because like me, you're you're in therapy, right? Yes, <laughs> isn't it great? Proudly, <laughs> love it. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big advocate. Yeah, everybody can use some therapy. <laughs> but, um, one thing we we discuss, I I keep wanting to say like last week, but I discussed this with somebody like a month ago that episode released last week. Anyway, um, just about parents and and perspective and a couple points that were made that I think are very relatable when you think about them is one putting yourself in your parents' shoes at that age. Like, so right. at your age, you would have a seven-year-old there's, and a marriage under your belt. There's no way. <laughs> um, and then uh, this quote that I, I love, which is from the show Community, so it's funny because it's, yeah. I see the shirt. <laughs> love it. Um, it's easy to take away from it because it's a goofy show, but the quote is, now I'll paraphrase, but uh, it, the hardest thing we'll have to learn is that our parents aren't gods or demons, but human beings like us. And, right. And it's, I think it puts a lot of things in perspective because I mean, I'm projecting, but <laughs> my, like my mom, uh, my therapist asked me once, like, do you think your mom could have done better? And I think that's not a fair question. Well, if you would have asked ask. me that up until that point, I would have been like, yeah. Right. Um, cause I think, you know, I immediately like, I'm like, well, yeah, look at how I'm doing. <laughs> like I, if I can do it, she could do it. Mm-hmm. And then I sat with that and I was like. Well, no, like when that phrase, like I did the best I could, like that's an honest statement. Right. That doesn't mean like you get everything that you can, like your kid gets everything, but right. you did the best you could with, with what, what you, you were dealt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah. And that like, I was able to let go of a lot of things with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but so I wonder if you, or what that looked like for you, because you said you, you did let a lot of that go, um, but you were angry when you were younger. You know, one word answers only. Sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, rephrase the question for me. Well, let's. Uh, I'll, I'll circle back around to it. Yes. Tell me about being angry when you were younger. Like, as you were an angry kid, you said. What What did you mean by that? So a lot of stuff, and my my mom and I have kind of had this conversation uh, multiple times, um, where we've kind of gotten it down to like being six seven eight nine yeah. and i changed drastically you know i was just i was angry with everything and it showed and you know i was able to i was always the i just felt it's i hate saying this but i felt like i was robbed of a lot of the things yeah. that children are supposed to 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 be able to to have as a child yeah. and you know i i got it it just manifested into being angry and you know um i mean i went from being an only child to having a brother overnight literally <laughs> um and i don't resent my brother in any way shape yeah. or form it's just when you go from being an only child for six years and then into automatically having to share your dad and share your house and share your room and now your room's no longer your room it's your brother's room because he lives there more more frequently than you do so you become a guest in what used to be your home um that that's hard for a six-year-old to to try and grasp and you're trying to understand why everything is changing so drastically and why now you have to share attention and you know it's yeah. being very selfish in, in a sense because yeah. you know it's just it was being selfish and at the same time I've also come to realize that it's it's I 
I have a right to be selfish yeah. in a sense. Well, I imagine you felt everything that you're describing now, but as a six-year-old, like how do you... Not being able to cope with yeah. it and so comprehend those it. Those emotions are going to manifest in whatever way you can. And that's, yeah, it's going to come out in yeah. uh, anger, crying, yes. tantrums, so to speak. And Air quotes on tantrums. It, it became... Like, I started having anxiety attacks as a kid yeah. and not knowing that they were anxiety attacks um, and just not knowing how to deal with anything. Um, you know, I've always been, you know, an, an adult as a child. Like, yeah. you know, I took on that role. My my dad, you know, and uh, his first wife didn't really see eye to eye, so we were exposed to a lot. And, you know, you you know, I, I just remember certain scenarios where it was like I, I had to go guard my brother and, you know, make sure that he was okay. And I was constantly covering, you know, and trying to make reason and understand. Be the peacemaker of the family? Or? Just make it normal. Yeah. And it wasn't normal. Um, you know, I, I didn't have a normal childhood. I had a great childhood, but it wasn't normal. And yeah. there were a lot of things that I, that I feel and, and I think I've worked past. But at the time, I felt like I'm supposed to be the kid. This is, yeah. you know, I'm supposed to not have to worry about this stuff. I'm not supposed to have to worry if, you know, the lights are going to be on or... Yeah. If my dad's going to show up or if he's, you know, out drinking or, you know, it, it was just stuff that a six, seven, eight, nine year old should not have to deal with. Yeah. Um, and I just, it, yeah, I became angry and, you know, it was, I was difficult with my parents and my dad and I were always at odds with each other because, you know, I was just, I, I just resented him. Yeah. Well, it um, sounds like, I mean, you said you felt like a stranger in your own like a visitor in your own yeah. house yeah so, absolutely yeah that's <laughs> kind of a tangent to go, <laughs> no, go I, down, I, but I it, it makes sense um and i wonder if if with everything that was going on uh with your parents relationships and and all the siblings if you were trying to constantly control stuff because yes. nothing felt like you had control over like your life kept changing and you had no well, say in those changes i went to I mean, one, two, three, three different elementary schools, two middle schools, and then finally... Yeah, that'll fuck you up right there. Right. <laughs> um, so always being the new kid, never yeah. having that core, you know, group of friends to, to lean on or yeah. to rely on. Um, it was always, you know, a new group of friends every couple of years. And yeah. um, so it just, yeah, you, you end up... And I think that that's where a lot of the anxiety came from was just trying to control and trying to have constant and a place where constant wasn't provided yeah. or able to be provided, I guess yeah. at the time. So, but you finally settled in, in a junior high and then went to high school in the same area. Yes. So I went, um, I went sixth grade in Howell and then I went I, like we moved two days or three days before seventh grade started um so it was like oh okay I'm going to a different school sure. this year yeah. uh, I didn't get to say goodbye to any of my friends but okay cool um so but seventh grade through graduating okay um we've lived in the same house like my parents still live in the same house okay. my my mom and my stepdad so um, what's school like once you get settled into in a low location well regardless of the fact that i moved around i've always been just i mean when i was in you know younger elementary school i was in the gifted and talented class mm. um and they like i was you know the what were they terra nova tests like i excelled in those and yeah. you know i did really well in school and i you know i always was a part of and i think now, actually, I think I just made that connection of I found consistency and school was a safe space. School for was you. a safe space yeah. for me. So, you know, I joined um, fourth grade. I was the student council president. Mm. I ran on a limb um, or on a whim. Whim? Yeah, we'll go whim. with whim. Okay. <laughs> limb. <laughs> Maybe that was your platform. You're like, more trees, guys. You know I'm what? running on a limb here. <laughs> 
Um, no, I literally just decided that I was going to run for student council. I hadn't, didn't even talk about it. Yeah. Um, just decided that I was going to run for student council president and craziness. I, I won. Good for you. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I did student council and then I did student council up through, um, high school and I did it through, um, I did like leadership class. Did you have a lot of extracurriculars? Um, I mean, I did, I, I was a cheerleader okay. from sixth grade up through 10th grade. Okay. Um, so I did that and then I was, you know, student council and well, I wonder that good stuff. If you found this place where you're like, I'm not at home. I, I do, like you said, you had that control, that consistency. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, how often can I do this? <laughs> and so you had the school and then I don't know what you did. Student council was only during school hours or was that um, after? God, I can't remember yeah, if it was after know. or during. Or... You didn't know you'd be quizzed on this? No. Um, <laughs> God, I didn't study. I'm just wondering if you <laughs> filled as much time as you could with uh, stuff in a, in the arena of, I like it here, I, I can breathe here. I don't know that I completely like just packed my my schedule full of yeah. keeping myself busy like that um I definitely still spent you know a lot of time at home but um I mean up until I was a I guess middle of sophomore year into junior year I was like the goody goody two shoes like didn't do anything wrong apart. and then yeah I just spiraled <laughs> uh I'm guessing this is around 16 uh yeah once yeah. I got my car <laughs> It's funny how that works. Right? Uh, Got all that uh all that freedom. So it's a uh, there's these transitional periods that seem to everybody has a story around like 11, 12 mm-hmm. and then 16. Yeah. Um then usually a few years later like you really you're an you're an adult according to the world. <laughs> right. Um, and then yeah, things go crazy. <laughs> um So what what happens at 16? <laughs> I mean, at that point in time, I was still just, I wasn't diagnosed as, but I'm just going to get into, I'm, I'm open about this stuff. Yeah. So, um, I wasn't diagnosed with anxiety. At first I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression, but I wasn't diagnosed until I want to say I was 19. Okay. Um, but like I said earlier with my, my mom and I've had this conversation where we've kind of pinpointed it to being, you know, like six, seven, eight, nine, yeah. those, those years is really where things started. Um, so going that long with being just not treated, um, I just, once I found that I had the freedom to kind of do as I pleased, um, (laughs) I, I, you know, I quit, quit, quit cheerleading and, you know, became less involved in like the extracurriculars, I guess. What, excuse me, what was keeping you going towards... I was about to say going towards the gold, but what was keeping you like, I want to get good grades. I want to do student council. I want to do cheerleading. What was, was it, was your mom telling you like, you better, you know, she wasn't telling me. um, What was the driving force behind that growing up? My mom has always, always instilled self growth. Okay. Um, And so it was always just, you know, get the best grades that you can so that way you can go to college and you can get a degree and you can, you know, get your, um, scholarships and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, even though like I went down the spiraling teenager road, um, you know, my grades never like faltered. And I remember you at Best Buy at the customer service desk with all your college books laid out. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That happened. Uh Um, no, like I just, it, like school never was a was an option to do like I've always just cared about that stuff um it's just I'm you know that that's a way that your your education can't be taken from you yeah um so so your grades stayed good yeah which Uh, kept my mom off my back what were your rebellious traits that you oh god my mom's gonna kill me um (laughs) no I like I hadn't I hadn't ever drank before yeah. I was like 15, 15. Yeah. So, and then like, Oh, I could do this. And Oh, <laughs> I can tell my mom I'm here, but really I'm over here. 
Um, and so I just kind of, uh, I started partying and I started smoking cigarettes because I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, worst decision ever. Yeah. It's disgusting, by the way. Yeah. I miss that every day. Um, <laughs> now looking back, I'm like, why? I, I could have had like so much money, but I wasted it on partying and cigarettes. <laughs> Funny how that works, isn't it? Great. <laughs> I always thought about cigarettes like, uh, no matter how broke I was, like living in LA, eating like two for one corn dogs for my <laughs> sustenance, I was still fined $5, six bucks yep. for a pack of cigarettes. Yep. But looking back, I don't think I would have found that money if I didn't need a pack of cigarettes. No. So I don't think I would have saved it. <laughs> it, just came, it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't Was I taking back cans? Who did oh, I, I steal I was from? Doing that. I don't know. I never I stole. Doing. Like, <laughs> oh, I definitely stole at one point. Um, no, never stole. <laughs> But I digress. Uh, <laughs> so start drinking, smoking, get your license. Yeah, and just started. And is that the the rest of high school? Yeah, partying but keeping your grades up. I cut my grades up so that my mom would stay off my back. Yeah. Um, and I ended up like graduating and getting basically a you know like almost a full ride scholarship to OU. Nice. Um, I lost it my okay. first year, Congrats. so don't, don't get too excited. Um, no, like, because it continued beyond high school. Yeah. I just, it was on a self-destructive path. Yeah. I didn't really care. Um, and especially now knowing that I am bipolar, um, not just anxiety ridden and depressed. <laughs> let's um, throw another one in the mix. Let's throw mania in there. Um, <laughs> No, um, especially, I, I don't think I've ever gone full mania, Yeah. but they call it hypomania, where you kind of go into it. Um, and so I think that there was a lot of that yeah. when I was that age of just... Really high highs and... Really and high highs really and then low bottomless lows. lows. Yeah. Um, so I think that it was just... I had the freedom to do it and I didn't really care wh what I was doing. Yeah. It was horrible. Now looking back on it, it's like, what, what was that? I was destroying myself. Yeah. But like, that's what you do when you're self-destructive is yeah. you try to just destroy yourself. Yeah. It's horrible. I had a theory in my head that I wouldn't live past 25. And after I lived past 25, I was like, oh, Got like I've, I've only recently realized that I did that because, A, you don't have to deal with life and reality right. if you're just going to say, like, oh, no, I won't. I'll be dead. Right. Um, and then, B, yeah, the, you don't have to hold yourself accountable for anything. So you can, yeah, pretty much self-destruct pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty well. Um, so congrats on being 25. Right. I made fun. it, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, did you... How did you, how did you lose the full ride? Just um, grades? Partying. Yeah, yeah. I like, God, Kelsey, old Kelsey. Why? <laughs> um, no, I, I just quit going to some of my classes because they were just too hard. Like, yeah. um, I don't think that they properly prepare you for college. And I think that every person should go to community college before going to a university. Yeah. Um, because you can actually make, make mistakes there and it only costs you a couple hundred dollars rather than a couple thousand. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, I ended my first semester with a 1.111. I'd never gotten anything below a three point something wow. in my entire life. And yeah. it was just like, wow. I, I kind of scholarship, messed up. I imagine yeah. know, they pull that out pretty quick. Yeah. They were like, you're done. Yeah. We'll let you stay on probation, but you, you're, you're, you're kind of done with our money. Do you think part of it was since they gave you the scholarship, like you didn't really have, you know, you weren't paying for it yourself. Invested, yeah. I guess. Like financially, um, or even, I mean, that same question, I'm, I'm going to play my own devil's advocate. What value do you assign to money at that age? <laughs> you don't. Yeah. Like, you're so. like, money, what money? I, I can live on yeah. cigarettes and booze. <laughs> Which is true for a number of years. <laughs> I'm living proof. Um, no, it, it, it was, I, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was just that I wasn't like, I didn't have any stake in it. Yeah. So I just didn't care. Because now looking back on it, it's like, 
oh my god I could be so much less in student debt if I just would have focused but I don't think I think looking back on it it's like you I did what I did I learned from it and Mm it I turned my grades around immediately after that so you stayed in and took out student loans and yep did the rest of it okay did you graduate on time I graduated in five years, okay. not not four. It's better than most people I know, including myself, are much longer than that. <laughs> hey. And I only have like three associate's degrees because I never... <laughs> you got the degree. That's yeah. all that matters. You'd be surprised. Yeah. It, it really is all that matters. Lie about it on your resume, people. Um, <laughs> what are they, they going to do? Fact check me? <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've recently, and only because... I have a government job now. Like the government will look yeah, it up. Yeah, they, they do. But <laughs> they anyone else, stuff. anyone else, put whatever the fuck you want on there. <laughs> as long as you don't say you're like a doctor, they don't, they don't care. It's amazing. Like, A, what, you're going to get a job at this like tax company and they're going to be like, oh, I see you have a bachelor's in theater. Like, no, right. they just want to see you have a bachelor's. Like, yeah, it's just none, the fact that you got the degree. Matter. Exactly. <laughs> yep very strange yeah it's just the fact that, like you can commit to going into debt and you know staying in one place orders. for four years yeah. <laughs> you know how to take orders and follow directions good Congrats. job yeah <laughs> you could be a waitress um <laughs> that's really it it's, it's it's a funny thing school is a funny thing i love it though <laughs> yeah i love education i yeah. think that the way it's constructed is a little wonky but you know <laughs> that's a whole nother tangent i could yeah. go down well i'm in my 30s and just decided because of a class i'm in this uh semester and this podcast um that i'm going to become an lpc so getting back to what you were saying about anxiety and depression bipolar um, yes. you are a very vocal proponent of um well therapy all the everything just mental health in general yeah can you speak to that a little bit when did that start? When did you start getting comfortable with who you were to the point where you were open about it on like social media? And then, uh, what has that journey been like for you? Well, okay. So my, my bachelor's degree is in sociology. Okay. Study of human so you're already people, halfway there. you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that just taking more like psychology classes and understanding, you know, the different social problems that we have, um, it's a very, it's not a personal problem. It's a social problem. Yeah. Um, and the only way that we, or I mean, this is my mentality about it. The only way that we can kind of work past that is if we just start talking about it, like it's having a normal conversation because that's it. I mean, with how common it is, it is normal conversation. Well, even like general anxiety disorders. Yeah. <laughs> probably half the population. You know, um, it's just, it's my reality. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to try and put on a front for, you know, the rest of the world because I'm, I, I'm myself. Yeah. Uh, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, then bye. <laughs> Unfriend me on Facebook. <laughs> like. Oh, darn. Um, No, I've always just been like, I think it's partially, you know, I'm the oldest kid. um, So just being an example for for them. Yeah. um, You have to talk about it. You can't bottle it up. You bottle it up. You just become that angry person. And I don't want to be that angry person that I used to be. Yeah. Um, That person didn't talk about it. That person just tried to deal with it on their own and didn't realize that half of the half if not more of the population is struggling with it too um so it just i think as i developed the the education background and then um you know the just as i continued to work towards myself it just became like a natural thing to just talk about because i'm not gonna pretend (laughs) I think that's really what it comes down to is just not pretending. When did you start going to therapy? <sighs> like four months ago. Okay. Um, I, I tried therapy when I was a teenager. My mom tried to bring me to a therapist. and well, I, so You said you were diagnosed uh, anxiety and depression. In at 19. 19. Um, and I started seeing a therapist then. Okay. Um, so I've gone a couple times. I used to go to therapy as a child. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good with, old divorced parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that like family therapy. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I did that for a little while. Um, Any good memories from that? <laughs> well, I, therapy did you has ever, evolved. But did you ever do, <laughs> yes. Uh, did you ever do like hands-on game stuff when you were a kid? I, you know what? I, I'm trying to like think back because well, will, it was so long ago, but yeah. I think like it was like team building exercises yeah. for families. Um, gosh. I had a specific, I only bring this up because it seems I'll project all my shit on you. Um, <laughs> I had a specific memory and it's funny because I am almost positive this place was right down the road on Walton. Okay. Um, and you walk downstairs, the, like the room was the basement. It was okay. finished basement, but then like it was lined with cushy toys and stuffed animals and like those cardboard bricks. You build stuff okay. out of as a kid. And I remember it was me and my brother and we got these like foam bats and she's like, say something you're angry about and beat the crap. I mean, like it was like, get your anger out and vocalize it. And, uh, so much fun because <laughs> i was like this is awesome look at all these toys and i get yeah. to hit my brother with this this is wonderful yeah um yeah no i don't remember anything great like that <laughs> um i just remember sitting on a couch and talking about my feelings um yeah <laughs> no uh when i was like i want to say like 16 like right when i started kind of going down that road yeah. um my mom tried to take me to therapy and I just, I placated the, the therapist to thinking I was fine. She's like, she doesn't need to be here. I don't know what the problem is. Um, and I was like, ha mom, <laughs> I don't need therapy. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, no, you're not. <laughs> well, I imagine it's gotta be frustrating as a parent too. Cause I think as you get older, you realize that like, I'm only going to change if I want to change. Yeah. I mean, it's true with, you're only going to quit drinking if you want to quit drinking, you right. know? Um, so it's got to be frustrating as a parent if you want to like, I, I, I know my child needs therapy, but then if the child doesn't, doesn't want to do it, then they're not going to do yeah. it. Like I, that's, those are the bad therapy memories I have from right. when I was younger. Like yeah. I, my goal, I'd get so angry in sessions. I'd, I was like, I want to give the therapist a breakdown. <laughs> like I want to give them so much shit. Uh, they're not going to be able to handle it all. Oh my God. <laughs> Like, just saying that, I just had a flood of memories that I completely forget. I was the fucking worst. <laughs> uh, I did have one therapist that did have a child that sh uh, the therapist had a breakdown because of her child and stopped being a therapist. I was like, well, it's good we stopped going to her. Oh, my God. Um, Dr. Kimbo was her name. Shoot. Well, that's a funny thing, too. I'm branching off. I'm sorry. No, you're <laughs> but, good. But uh, I feel like... I'm a little older than you, but still, everybody I saw growing up was a doctor. And now, yes, and I don't know if it's because Michigan laws changed and stuff, which they just passed again, thankfully. Um, but now it's like most people are LPCs unless you need medication management and then you have a doctor as well. Mm -hmm. And then that cost adds up, which we'll get to. <laughs> I oh my you God. Have thoughts on that. I'm um, very opinionated on that. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's a funny thing. I Everybody was a doctor. Yeah. Well, and that, that brings it back down to like therapy has evolved so, yeah. so much. And there's just so many different avenues and types of therapy. Yeah. Um, and I think that like I've only been seeing my therapist for four months, yeah. five months. Um, and you have to find somebody you, you like. And it's yeah. not always going to be the, the right fit with the first person that you go to. Yeah. Like, you got to figure it out. So, no, you got to find ways to make it work. You have to work it. Like, you have to figure out what works for you. Yeah. So. Yeah, I ugh, I went, the first person I saw when I was like, I need to go see somebody. Yeah, was like this old lady. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, if I can't say, like, cock to you, this is going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, and that lasted one session. <laughs> Going to somebody yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. Um, identifying who I'm most comfortable talking to. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I need, I need it to be female. Mm -hmm. I need it to be like around my age <laughs> and I can't have it be too religious. Cause I have a fucking terrible mouth. <laughs> uh, right. And same. yeah. I, and I found that I've seen the same person for five years. Yeah, it's wonderful it. when you actually find somebody that <laughs> yeah. you're you're like, okay, I like you. Kind of shatter some of the stigma on therapy. Um, 
one of the things I just mentioned, how everybody was like a doctor before. And mm-hmm. I think people don't realize that you just go and you talk to somebody. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, uh, and then some people are like, I don't want to pay someone just to talk to them. I'm like, it is the best there's... $30 I spend a week. <laughs> like, yeah. Shoot. She just sits there and she listens. Well, She's and, like, all right. Yeah, you go, girl. And if you're like me, you may not be, but like, for whatever reason, there's some things like I'd be more comfortable telling a stranger than like there's no there's no personal yeah there's no attachment like they know me that's it they know me and what i say there's never been a moment ever (laughs) that my therapist has been like you did what (laughs) right no (laughs) that will never happen uh which is comforting (laughs) (laughs) i I agree (laughs) so it's like well here's a fucked up story (laughs) yeah but yes the the stigma bothers me because growing up like in the 90s and you know stand-up comedy and, and therapy and it's it's also stupid and i like to think that it, it's gone away but then i talk to some friends and occasionally like, people will pop up and i'll be like oh this is still viewed this way mm-hmm. okay what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> like, or or the just perception like if you're in therapy you're just you know You've got a whole bunch of problems yeah, and a whole I bunch of baggage. And it's like, everyone needs therapy. Yeah. <laughs> you you all yeah. need it. Yeah. You have you all have stuff that you can work through. Not everyone needs to go, like, all the time. No. But like, go for a little while. Right. Yeah. I didn't go for a couple of years in the middle somewhere, a year and a half. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, and that's one thing I think people don't understand, too, is typically, whether this is, like, what the long-term plan becomes you set a goal when mm-hmm. you start seeing a therapist they're like why are you here what do you want to accomplish yeah they, <laughs> uh, they're they not just like plan. all right you're here we're gonna talk and i'm gonna take your money for as many years as i want that's right. not how it works no it's not like it is in movies yeah. where you lay on a couch and how do you feel i ever there is a sofa that i am oh i'm always like oh, i kind of just want to lay on <laughs> but i also don't want to be a stereotype also that would be weird because i wouldn't be looking at her just, be <laughs> right, like, just staring off yeah, into space i don't want to stare in the ceiling um no i mean therapy is what you make it yeah um and that's why i think it's so important to find somebody that works for what your needs are and your personality type and your your background and your values and, and, you know, somebody that aligns with that. Um, but it's what you make it like I pay $30 a week for this, for this wonderful lady to sit on a couch across from me and just let me vent and reassure me that no, you're on the right path. Um, no, there's other ways that we can handle that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Just, it, just yeah. being able to put that voice that's in your head out there where you're just constantly just thinking back and forth and if this, then that, and what if this, and, you know, just being able to just put it out there and have somebody else make sense of it for you yeah, and then kind of repeat it back to you in a way where you're like, oh, okay, okay, that makes more sense. Um, just everybody needs that. Yeah. Yeah. And an unbiased uh, opinion, too, on what you're talking about. It's not, you know, your mom or your grandma where you're afraid of hurting their feelings. Or it's, your significant other. Or your significant <laughs> other. Um, I mean, especially if you're somebody like, I mean, if you're somebody who is struggling with mental illness, trying to put that on your significant other or trying to put that on your mom or your sister or your aunt or whatever, um, trying to put all of that weight on them is hard. Like that's not fair to them. Yeah. Um, because they have their own personal stuff that they're working through. But if you have, you know, a therapist that is equipped and trained and able to separate (laughs) themselves, (laughs) um, able to, to different, differentiate, uh, their own life and, being in that room for an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I used to dump that stuff on like my significant other or, you know, whoever was around me. And it's like, yeah, that's why it's not healthy. Yeah. Well, and using your significant other can also lead to a lot of codependency issues. Yeah. Codependency <laughs> is horrible. Um, it's absolutely, yeah, been there, done that. It's not fun and yeah. you need therapy. Therapy. That's, it's just that, that simple. Yeah. Uh, which, <laughs> 
I constantly struggled with the definition of codependency. And then once I finally like nailed it in and confirmed it with people who know what they're talking about, Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, I identify it all the time now. I'm like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. Like if you're modifying how you do something because you're worried about that person's reaction, that's codependency. Yeah. Uh, and that's like, oh, I see it done all the time. Now I, I just identify it in everything. I'm like, wait. Yeah, if your happiness depends on somebody else's um, perception of, I, I don't even know where I'd be yeah, going see, with that. See, it's hard like, to define. Like their per- <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even know. It's a pain um, in the ass. That's just, why I was always, yeah. There's books on that. Just there read is. them. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, the person that I got a really good definition from and talks about it a lot like for like three chapters in her book is whitney cummings okay she has a book that where she talks about her issues with codependency and relationships and i was like oh that was like the light bulb for me yeah. <laughs> of all people thank you whitney cummings you'll never listen to this um <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna jump back to you okay <laughs> um in your anxiety depression bipolar um what are some of the lessons you were able to take away from like some of your low lows or your high highs for that matter? Starting with the highs, um, man, like manic episodes are oh. addicting, um, because you just feel so great and you feel invincible and you're talking a mile, you know, a thousand miles a minute. And, um, you're just thinking of these grand ideas of, you know, just, so not rational thoughts um and i guess what i've learned is that you know because i'm i'm medicated and you know i i I don't um get to experience that that wonderful high um there's a lot of bad that comes with it um so you know as much as i love the the great feeling that i get of just feeling amazing and like i'm invincible I've also noticed that um, during those times, I have very low impulse control. Um, I've put myself into debt because of it. Um, I've, you know, just, I've done things that I wouldn't otherwise do. I've just, you, you, you lose that sense of judgment. Yeah. Um, so I guess what I, I've taken away from that is just that as great as it is, it's not worth it. Um, and because on every high, there's also a very low, low, um, and just everybody deserves that like level, that, 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 that that level of balance where you're just, you're not high, high and you're not low, low. You're just a normal human being. Um, and I just, I value that at such a high level, um, that I mean, people who don't deal with that, who don't deal with the the bipolar, you know, the bipolar yeah. uh, mood swings, um, just you, you can't take it for granted. Um, so when you find that level playing field, it's just I, it's that is what I strive for, and that's what I work towards is just maintaining a level level playing field. And um, I mean, the the highs are are great, but the lows are horrible. Yeah. Um, and just understanding that, you know, it's not worth it. Do you think having that balance helps you appreciate the more like natural highs that you get from just, just good random? Things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I had never known that before. Yeah. Um, I just thought, you know, everybody feels this amazingness and then they go low like that. That's yeah. normal. Um, so it's just, I don't know. It's in a way they balance themselves, right? You get super high and then you get super low. So yeah. Like, okay. That's, that's what balance is. But then you're like, oh, wait a minute. It's like, no, I, I did something good. I yeah. feel good. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you're, it doesn't mean that you're not able to feel being on that level playing field. Like I still get sad. I still yeah. can cry. Like it's, that's okay. But that's, that's human emotion. Um, and that's balanced human human emotion. It's not chemically imbalanced well, emotion. That's, that's the whole thing too, right? Is it's it's chemically and in your brain, it's similar or if not the same as some drugs. 
yeah. Uh, you get the high where you're making rational decisions, uh, and you're just like on the ride. Mm-hmm. And then when you lose that substance, or you, those neurotransmitters aren't doing what they were doing yesterday. And it's like what? Uh, it's yeah. It's a deep dive. Yeah, like you, know. you just plummet. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. Which I, I mean, thought I was going to feel like that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Same as drugs. Right. It, it's like Except a drug. Your, your and brain's that, doing it to yourself without the drugs. And I think that that's why I've, um, like, I, I talked about this with um, with my with my therapist. Um, I'm going to refer to her as Maddie because that's her name. Um, so It's a good way um, to refer to her, then. <laughs> Maddie, um, you know, I talked to her, and I was like, you know, I, I miss the highs. Yeah. Um, but... Like, it's like a drug. It is something that you can become addicted to. Yeah. But you go without that high, and it's like, yeah, it's like a withdrawal. Yeah. Um, it's not not really worth it. Not worth it at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, addiction's a bitch. Right. <laughs> well, and I think, uh, kind of going off on a tangent here, like, I have an addictive personality. Yeah. It's in my blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's in my blood. Um, my dad is a recovering um, alcoholic. Yeah. Um, he also used to, you know, do the occasional drug at a time, yeah. and it it's something that I can I've kind of taken away from him is that you know like it's in my blood. I'm I'm predisposed to continuously, you know, if I if I like. For example, being in, in 2017, I got addicted to going to the gym and having yeah. that just consistent feeling of, you know, like it, it can become not healthy. Yeah, behavioral addictions. Yes, like it, it doesn't have to be a drug. It doesn't have yeah. to be that high. It, it can be just doing certain things. Yeah. Um, you, you can become addicted to them if you're just, you have yeah. that in your, your, your program that way. Yeah. Um, and it like I said, it's not always a healthy thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I started going to therapy for behavioral addictions. Um, and the, the great thing about therapy is you uncover causes of things. Yep. And then you're like, oh. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm just like closed off emotionally. Right. Yep. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I never thought of it like that. Like I knew my dad, alcoholic, died at 66, 67 or whatever. Um, 100% from alcohol. But so I, I knew that my whole life growing up, my mom was like, no, don't drink your dad. Like, well, you better watch out when you drink and like drilled in my head over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. But of course you're a fucking teenager. So yeah, you're going to do what you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I'm a very self-aware person, so I can also recognize things like, like alcohol is a creepy son of a bitch. <laughs> and it wasn't till like I've, I've been, I've been sober almost six months now. It's, uh, yeah, it, people can tell you a billion times and it circles back to what we were talking about earlier is unless you want to, I was just going to say that unless you want to change, you're not going to. And I could recognize like I was drinking too much because when you're drinking craft beers that are like 11, 12%, like it's very easy to drink too much. Yeah. You have one or two and you're, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Add a third one and it's too much. It's just, yeah, I, I, I definitely, and bringing it back to like being self-aware, yeah. um, I think that when, you know, I don't, I, I feel like I'm also very self-aware and I think that that kind of leads into why I'm so vocal about things. Yeah. Um, but being self-aware, you just, you're almost, you're hyper aware of <laughs> like, I know if I do this, this is not a good thing that I'm going to be doing. And yet like yeah well then you can rationalize it and do it anyway right exactly <laughs> i am a my, my therapist will tell you too i'm a i'm a fucking expert at rationalizing yep. my behavior <laughs> yes absolutely i will have arguments in my head being like yeah but <laughs> yeah but it yeah, yeah no it doesn't yeah. it can be good it's not always bad no it's bad <laughs> yeah I, uh, expert at rationalizing and i mean i imagine as someone that did like like your gym addiction, <laughs> like you probably were able to rationalize a lot of those behaviors at the time, um, yeah. And maybe look back and go, oh, <laughs> like it was healthy, but it wasn't yeah. healthy because it was it became obsessive, obsessive. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's not healthy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so oh god. Well, finally, <laughs> I I want I don't want to not talk about um, essentially the cost the cost of being 
<laughs> healthy. Because you, you went on a little bit of a rant online. I did. I, I may have deleted that. Did you? Yeah, I did. I was like, oh, okay. I feel so privileged I got to see it. I, might, I mean, you I were might, super pissed at the time. So. You know, I am. And I'm, it, it's, it's just to take care of yourself. Like, thank God I'm in a place where I am now where I can take care of myself. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's just, an, uh, I mean, you evolve over, over time and you, you know, you're, you're, this is what I have to do. I have to take care of myself. I need to be on medications. Um, otherwise I'm not who I, I'm not myself. Um, I need to be in therapy. Otherwise I'm not myself. I don't know how to deal with things. Um, I'm trying to learn new ways of coping and working through things and just unpacking all of the stuff that I packed away for years and years and years. So, if you're, how do you put a price on that? You know, <laughs> H- how can you put a dollar sign on your, your inner peace? Like it's, you, you just end up having to pay it because that that's, yeah. that's how I'm going to survive. And that's how I'm going to continue to, to be a better person and work towards being a better version of myself. Um, but it's expensive. Like, um, going to go on a, um, in October, um, I've been on a, a, a slew of different medications. Um, it wasn't until about two years ago I was diagnosed as bipolar. Um, so actually going from just a anxiety and depression, um, diagnosis into no, you're bipolar and you're experiencing, you know, um, hypomania and you're experiencing, you know, the, the, the lows. Um, I was put on a, a bunch of different, um, well, I was put on, what was it? Abilify. Um, they added that in with the anti-anxiety medication I've been on for years and the, uh, antidepressant that I've been on for years. Um, trying to figure out what works, trying to figure out what works. And in that, that year and some change that I was on that medication, I put on 50 pounds and it was just not, I did, it wasn't where I wanted to be, yeah. um, to go from being, you know, super fit and obsessively in the yeah. gym to being 50 pounds heavier. was just hard. So, um, I ended up going to, you know, reaching out and, and going to a psychiatrist rather than going to, um, there's a reason why I'm going into this. Yeah, you're good. Um, I re- ended up going to a psychiatrist rather than going to just my primary care, primary care physician, because my medication started getting too complex for yeah. her to manage. Um, Which is good. Y- it's need, it's I think troublesome psych- if, yes. if your PCP is doing your... Trying to mess with all your... Your, your mental meds. Mental meds, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> it's not their expertise. Exactly. Um, there's a doctor for that. Yeah. Uh, they go to school for, for yeah. a long time to be, able yeah. to, to be able to, <laughs> to prescribe these drugs. Yeah. Um, and so when I went to the psychiatrist, I got put on a, I got put on a medication and it, I was on it for like a month and a half and he was slowly increasing the, the dosage and I, I went to a dark place, like a place that I had never been. Um, and it scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, like the thoughts that I was having were Suicidal just... Suicidal level? Ideation. Okay. Um, I wasn't at the point where I was like planning or, yeah. you know, wanted to do anything. It was just it was... that these thoughts kept crossing my mind and I knew it wasn't right. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I had spoken up to the doctor and he was like, you know, we'll just keep you on this med and we'll increase this med and, you know, we'll just keep you on the one that, that we're, you know, trying. Yeah. Um, and a week went by and nothing changed. Um, and so I was at work. Um, I ended up just breaking down. Um, and I ended up being hospitalized for, for seven days, uh, for the first time in my entire life. Um, I've never been hospitalized for mental illness. Um, and for seven days, you know, they're in there messing with your meds and they're changing your meds and, Mm -hmm. um, the 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 reason that I'm going down this tan- tangent is that I went from you know just seeing a therapist every couple weeks to now being required based on my care plan to to go every single day 
or not every single day, every single week. So daily would be daily. Oh my God, I'd be, I'd be up to here. Um, no, every single week. Um, so it's what you need though. Like you need to take care of yourself and yeah. that's what I needed at the time. So just, I've got a $3,000 bill for being in the hospital for a week because I wanted to take care of myself because I knew I wasn't going to be okay yeah. if I continued on the path that I was going with the medication I was on. Um, so $3,000, all right. To, to be okay, well, I guess that's what I have to pay for it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's $30 a week to, to go to the, the therapist. That adds up for, you know, 30 times four weeks. And then the psychiatrist once or twice a month. Um, you know, it just, it adds up. And it's a couple hundred bucks a month yeah. just in medical costs for mental health alone, let alone if I get sick or yeah. if I need anything else. Um, it's just it's ex it's not feasible for most people and so people just go without and they just try to deal on their own yeah. and i can only imagine if i didn't have the support or the 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 um insurance to be able to go to the hospital when i needed to um, for the people that don't have that and just have to try and work through it like yeah. I don't know how people do it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people end up not being able to do it. And that's just horrible. It's horrifying that people have no other means to take care of themselves. And society doesn't care. You know, and we're just in... It, it's, it's horrible that mental health is... Everybody needs mental... You need yeah. your mental well-being. Um, and to just not ha to to know the help is there and available but not having the resources to be able to actually go after it yeah it's just outside of reach yeah and how discouraging can that be and that's it's uh it's nothing new unfortunately no. like um in the i believe it was the 70s and the 80s the government cut funding to psychiatric hospitals across the country and most of those people ended up on the streets yep and today the rate of mental illness amongst homelessness is skyrocketing right. uh and it's it's sad it's it's a sad reality in our in our world and i don't think people realize like the insurance argument on that but at the same time healthcare costs in general i have good insurance are, and yeah. it's just it's like still, it's still unaffordable yeah. like yeah. uh this should not be you know that's not how it should be yeah um, I can get on a very big soapbox uh, for this. For real, <laughs> it's just it, mental health is is such a is, it's such a problem, and yet so many people have to go without. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate that I have the the help and the resources available to me to to be able to take care of myself and to be able to be where I am yeah. compared to where I was. Um, you know, it's a constant battle to continue to maintain that level playing field, but. I just, I can't even imagine for people who don't have the ability to, to do that. Yeah. Like, it's just, well, yeah. Putting yourself in those shoes, uh, what advice would you give to somebody that's just, doesn't know where to start if they want to seek out somebody, like, look for a therapist? I, I It doesn't even have to be. Like, I, I know that I said earlier, like, with the, you know, you don't need to dump on, you know, putting that on somebody, yeah. like, your significant other. There's a difference between talking about it yeah. and vocalizing it and asking for help when you need it yeah. and just completely having that. <laughs> there's Leon. Um, and, and just, there's a, it's. It's a horrible, like, it's a horrible balance because, um, you, you need to talk about it. Yeah. Um, you have, you have to, to get outside of being alone in your own head. Um, there are so many resources and even if it's not being able to, to go to therapy every, every day there or every week, I gotta quit saying every day, um, it's there there are people that care yeah 
Um, and if you don't have the support system that that, that you need, then y you need to just find, find somebody else to talk to. Um, it's talking about it. Getting, taking that first step to just say, hey, I'm not okay. This is not okay. And I need to figure out a way that I can, I can be okay. Yeah. Um, and just fighting for it and taking and doing whatever you, you can and whatever you need to do to, to get yourself to, to be at least okay enough for today. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, work towards being more okay tomorrow. Um, and just knowing that it's, it's not instant. Like yeah. it's, it, there's no fix all for this. Yeah. I'm going on a whole tangent. <laughs> well, um, and also I, I think it's important to point out the ease of finding somebody, uh, especially if you already have insurance, you can go to your provider's website and oh, literally search. Yeah. The list of people uh, that are covered. That are, yeah. in your network, you, and you can call their office and just say, this is the insurance I have. How much will this cost? And they'll tell you yes. before you do it. It's crazy. Um, it's, it's just like finding a doctor anywhere else. Um, and if you guys aren't sure, like you can, like the, uh, LPC is a great place to start, which is licensed professional counselor. Um, I mean, a lot of even employers have resources yeah. um, a, a lot because it's just such a prevalent problem yeah. that even if you're not like, I know, for example, Best Buy, like they had the ability to talk to a licensed, yeah. you know, uh, mental health provider yeah. um, at no cost to you because if you needed it, it was there. Yeah. Um, but there's so many different avenues for support. Um, and if like, you just it, Google, <laughs> like, <laughs> use the fricking Google, use guys. Google. um, there's NAMI, there's just better help is, uh, I want to get them as a sponsor personally, but, uh, <laughs> it's a, that's an app where you can literally, they have LPCs and other people on there, other trained, qualified mm -hmm. degrees. <laughs> they have the degree. They have the resume. people. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and you can chat with them literally right from your like phone, like text. There's apps for that. Like, there, yeah, there's that, apps. That's there, what there's it is. literally <laughs> apps for that. <laughs> um, no, it's just there's it's it's talking about it yeah. and, and taking that first step. I think is the the vital part to to working towards being a better to being okay. So go take that first step, people. Right. Just is there it. anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I've just word vomited we, we for, a lot of things. for the past, yeah, a little yeah. while. I've just spewing it all out. It doesn't all make sense. But, you know, just put it all together yeah. and it'll all make it'll sense. It'll all get you know? edited properly. Yeah. <laughs> well, then thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for sharing your story and your experience. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to it and probably help some people as well. All right, you just heard my interview with Kelsey. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I loved sitting down with her. Um, I think just some great points at the end there about um, not being afraid to seek help. Um, and, you know, you don't have to be, like, suicidal to go to therapy. Therapy, like, I mean, should be recommended, or not recommended, required. Therapy should be required, like, working in retail and restaurants um, by everybody. Just, you know, just a little bit. Just a taste so you know what it's like and what it is. Um, sometimes you just need someone to talk to that isn't going to be directly affected by the things that you say, if that makes sense. Hopefully it does. But thank you again for all the reviews and the likes and the shares. And, uh, you know, people are... I heard that my podcast was getting played for special needs kids in a school because uh, some of the content applied to them, which... What? That's crazy. So thank you guys. Thank you so much. And uh, I will talk to you next week. Reach out to me. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at FriendRequestPod. I'd say follow me on Twitter at FriendRequestJL, but I don't do anything on there. I don't get Twitter. I'm too old, man. Too old. Not cool enough. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. I love you.